for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com All right, happy Tuesday. It is May 12th, 2020. Uh, and I am excited to say that yesterday, actually, May 11th, is the podcast two-year anniversary. So congratulations. Here we go. Yeah, hey, hey. hey. Get a little congratulations round of applause. Congratulations to you. This is, this is your, uh, your baby. No, yeah, but uh, you're, you've been there, man. You've been there through the thick of things. I mean, I think you came on around episode 25 or 30. I can't really remember. I should probably go back and look at that, but... Um, yeah, I don't remember either. I appreciate you helping me out, man, and and doing this. And yeah, of course. And uh, I've had a ton of fun doing it, and I think it's just getting better. You know, I think every week's yeah, getting I do better. Too. I think you and I are kind of finding our stride a little bit more. It's taking a little bit of time, but I think uh, it's getting better. We're getting a lot of cool, good feedback from from listeners in the in the you know the listener. Ship, I guess you could say, kind of like viewership is growing. So I'm, I'm super pumped yeah. about that. Yeah, I know it's. Uh, <clears throat> you sent me a message the other day from, from someone on Instagram. I think it was an Instagram message or somebody text you. It was an but, Instagram uh, message, a, a direct message, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. No, it was just one of those, you know, a random listener that reached out to say, hey, you know, thanks for what you guys do. I love it. It's awesome and stuff like that is really what. Yeah, it kind of makes a difference. It lets you know, like, that you you matter. <laughs> I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, like, you started doing this for fun, just to kind of bullshit with buddies and, and talk to some people, you know, in the business, other hunters, and you know, whatever the case may be. But it's nice to know that people are are grabbing a hold of it, you know, and and appreciate it, and are yep. learning from it for that matter. So it's it's awesome to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is, and it's not that we need. You know, I guess you could say we don't need like a pat on the ass really, but it's just nice to to know that people are following it and it's, you know, it's working like they yeah. enjoy listening to your content and my voice is terrible. So they like to enjoy <laughs> listening to our voices, I guess. But uh, yeah. no, it, it's cool to hear every once in a while and I appreciate it. And while we're on the subject, I guess if you guys could please just go to iTunes or wherever and subscribe to the podcast, which is really helpful. And on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, there's like uh, you can rate the podcast. So it's one through five. It's the stars at the bottom. And uh, if you could hit that five star, appreciate that if you would. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it goes sure. a long way. Always helps. Yep, it does. Um, today we have 
a really good podcast on it and it kind of it kind of it, it didn't derail but we had we had like an outline we kind of wanted to do but uh we ended up going down a different route which was very good conversation though we have byron yeah. horton from whitetail experience on and we talk a lot about production we do get into some deer hunting stuff yeah. but a lot about production i really enjoyed this one yeah i did too this was it's nice to have these kind of talks with people especially you know someone like byron who's who's got some legs with youtube for that matter i mean he's pushing i'm looking at 20 2600 subscribers and uh he's got a ton of videos on here for whitetail experience and just to talk to somebody who is just doing this to do it you know he's not i say he's not like us but he is like his right. his his career is not production yeah he still way. works a nine but to five right and he's doing this stuff with i don't want to say minimalist camera gear but he understands you know what he can do with the equipment he's got he knows what he needs to do to elevate his production if he wanted to but he's he's self-filming and he's kicking ass with it so it's yep. it's cool to have these conversations because he's he edits he shoots video and obviously he's a damn good hunter so it's yeah it's a fun conversation yeah he's he's hunts a lot of public land and he's killed yep. some really good deer on public land self-filming so we kind of get into that and uh i don't yeah i agree i mean he's a solid guy talks real well you know he can keep a good conversation going and you know he's basically taught himself how to do the production side of things and you know i don't know if everybody out there listens to uh like the dequisto series podcast on working class bowhunter um it's a it's a sub series off of that but like with Andre yep. and Cody DeQuisto, you know, Andre back in the day started Lone Wolf Tree Stands. Um, and they actually started a TV show back in the day called Whitetail Addictions. And it ran for a little while and it, and then it uh, they stopped it and now they're bringing it back. So he is actually editing and producing those Whitetail Addictions shows that are going to be on YouTube. So uh, I'm excited to see those. They're going to start rolling out. I think he said like midsummer. So it'd be cool to see those. A yeah. lot of big deer dying from the DeQuistos and you know and their team. So yep. that's cool. I, I'm 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 happy for him. Excited for him. And you know I, I like watching his stuff and uh, you know networking. I think we just found a new friend. You know <laughs> he's a pretty cool yeah. cat. Yeah, for sure. I I looking forward to the chance to meet him face to face one yeah. day somewhere. Yep, definitely. I agree. Um. We do have some. I do. I do have something to say before I we get into what happened to you last week. But um, everybody out there that's listening that had made an order for the fall podcast uh, sweatshirts and hats, um, those had just come in. Just a little update here. They had just come in because the COVID, all that stuff. The supplier. It's it's really hard to get things coming in, and they're just bringing their workers back to work. So. Everything is still a go. Um, it's just coming in, and then it's got to get printed and embroidered. So it's going to be a little bit, but I just want to update you guys. So if you're listening to this and you had ordered something, it's coming. Don't worry. Um, I will keep everybody updated, and I uh, just wanted to ease everybody's mind on that. So I guess with that being said, let's let's spend a little bit of time here, a couple minutes maybe on, on your turkey hunt last year because you were or last year, not last year, last yeah. week. Um, you were successful, man. And it was a pretty cool story. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Uh, I, I won't go into every step of the process, but I decided to hunt and not film it. I just 
Allie decided not to go, went by myself, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to haul a blind in there. And Honestly, it's it's boring, but it's what you have to do to, to pull off self-filming a turkey hunt. I mean, there's there's no other way around it. You can't do it outside of a blind. Yep. Um, you, you can, but, man, you need to – you need to be more lucky than good at that point. I feel like so. I was like, you know what? I've I've been filming every weekend for the past month. Um, I filmed my bow hunt when I shot that turkey. Didn't find it. I filmed Allie's kill. Like I'm down to one tag. Like it's the last weekend I can hunt. Like I'm I'm just gonna go hunt. So one hand decoy, twelve gauge. I mean, I didn't even take a GoPro, nothing. And I just went out there and just. It was nice, man. I just went to hunt. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I, I'm happy for it you. It was. I'm, I was happy too, but man, I've. It felt so nice, but I'll tell you, it was like there was this looming feeling of guilt <laughs> because that you didn't have a camera. The hunt was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I did something wrong. Like here I am trying to, you know, grow my own YouTube channel, and I'm putting all my effort into into editing my stuff and filming my hunts, and here I am justifying not filming. I'm like, this is. Like what are you doing? Yep. And then I I ended up killing the bird, and I was like, man, that was a, that was a fun hunt. Like, so I just set him up on a, I did it on the tailgate back at the house with a few props, and I just gave a quick three minute interview, you know, and I I shot a bunch of B roll clips and took pictures on my phone in the field, and that's it. I, I edited a five minute video for that, and at least put something out about it. But I'll tell you what, I had some. I had some people comment and engage on it that said, you know, it's it's cool to to hear you just hunt. Like, I don't care about not seeing the kill. Like, just go push reset. Go do you for a day. And people still appreciated that, so it was cool. Yep. No, I, I agree. And when you sent me the Snapchat of that bird over your shoulder walking out, I was like, yep, he redeemed himself. That's awesome. And I didn't, didn't even <laughs> care if you had it on film or not. I was just happy to see you successful yeah. and – get that uh get the monkey off your back and and uh call her a season <laughs> so that's good you get 2020 yeah, man, kicked and, off right yeah it, i hope it continues but it was I'll, I'll tell you the quick rundown of the hunt it was silent birds i went in there i left late i, I didn't get to the farm until like almost seven o'clock so i missed fly down i didn't hear any gobbles but i just went and sat down in this this same little bottom that we've been hunting with ellie and I put a single hen decoy out, a, a lookout hen, and I just sat there. I sat there for an hour, hour and a half, and I just did a couple calls on the slate every, every 15, 20 minutes. No response, no response. And I'm just sitting there, just listening to the birds and had some deer walk in the field, and I'm just sitting there just taking it in, like no camera. I'm just thinking and by myself and just, just enjoying the shit out of it. And all of a sudden I hear drumming. And I was like, what the hell? And like, I'm, I'm doing like the head, the slow head turn. Like my eyes are like cranked over in the corner of my eye sockets trying to see <laughs> around to the get corner. a headache. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm like, where the hell is this bird? And I'm looking and all of a sudden I catch movement and it's the hen. It's a hen. And then I hear the, like yep. I hear him start spitting and yep. I'm like, he is, he's right here. Like so I was set up like on the backside of this big like multiflora rose bush and it was right inside the edge of the field. So it was basically like a screen, like a shield. And they came from behind that bush and I looked over and that Tom is full strut. I could just hear his wings just like dragging on the ground. And he's like eight steps away from me. 
And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to walk right over my feet. Like this hen breaks out and she's like – I bet you she's four feet from the end of my gun barrel. <laughs> and like so close, like one of those times where you're like, if I move my eyeball, she's going to see that. Yep. Like they're going to see me move. My, my eyeball is going to move. So I'm sitting there like trying to be as still as I can and she putts once and she turns around and then they quarter up into the woods behind me. The the Tom never even the Tom never came into my shooting lane, I guess if you want to call it that, and he's behind this big bush still, so I let him work off up the timber behind me and still not gobbling. And I was like, Okay. Well he just saw my single hen decoy. That hen drug him up into the woods and I'm like, This is how it's supposed to happen. So I gave him like five minutes and I, I went and grabbed that that decoy and I was like, I'm just gonna start stalking this thing. So then I start cutting real hard on a mouth call and just being super loud, just like annoying. And he fires off immediately. And he's just on this bench up there, like 40 yards above where I was set up. And I just start belly crawling, like hands and knees, belly crawling, and I'm scratching the leaves and I'm making purring noises with my mouth. And he's just gobbling at every noise I make. And then I I get up onto this blowdown like this tree had split off and the log is still sticking up. It's still rooted. So it's like it's broke off like three feet off the ground. And I get to that to that tree that's broken and I pull the binoculars up and I, I spot the hen. And then I see the tip of his fan and he's on the bench. She's working up the ridge and he's coming right to me. And I was like, oh, baby. <laughs> so he starts gobbling like saying, hey, where'd you go? And I just quick do a couple, a couple of yelps. And he fires off again, and I hear him going to strut. Like, he's this close. I can hear him drumming again. And he let that hen work off, and he come looking for me. And I guess I, I just made the right decision. Like, I knew he had seen that single decoy. That's how it's supposed to happen. Hens are supposed to go to the tom. So I just I worked my way into range, and he broke away. And I shot him at, like, 25 yards with a three-and-a-half-inch number five. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's, like... You know, you got within that bubble, though, I think. You know, that yeah. bubble of like, okay, I have to go over there and investigate this. That's what he's thinking. You know, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. That's that's awesome. To be able to yeah. basically stalk a turkey through the timber, get up on him, pull him away from <laughs> his hen, you know, his live hen for a fake hen, right. and uh, get it done, man, that's awesome. Yeah, and it was just cool because like, he actually gobbled. Like, he was responding to the calls. And, like, I always, like, equate turkey hunting to – you you are constantly presented with a series of decisions when you're turkey hunting and you have to make all the right decisions or else yep. you're not going to kill that turkey. I and it's one of those one of those hunts where it was like I was by myself, there was no conversation about it. There was no like hold on, I got to get a shot. Like no fucking around. Just just go. <laughs> just go. And I made the right decisions and I yep. was like fuck yeah, this is awesome. Like this is why I needed this. I I needed this day. <laughs> yep. That's it. Definitely. That's cool, man. Well, congrats on that. Yeah, thank uh, you. So I guess before we do get into this podcast, one last thing. I got some housekeeping things I want to do here. I got some promo codes for everybody, and then I do want to plug Justin's YouTube channel. Go to Justin Fabian's YouTube channel and subscribe, watch his videos, and uh, also hey, go – Yeah, yeah. And also go to, to um, our YouTube channel, which is Kiefer Brothers underscore Humanimal. 
Uh, watch those videos. Subscribe if you haven't. Um, some awesome content on there. You got quarantine going on right now and all that other stuff to do. Michigan just found out again we're you know a stay-at-home ban until the 28th of May now, so I'm going to be home for a while longer. Um, so, yeah, go to those two YouTube channels, subscribe, and watch that. And then for the codes, uh, I got a Hunter Safety System code. And if you guys want to save 20% off of the site, like anything on the site, the code is KieferBros19. Uh, so type in KieferBros19 at checkout and you'll get 20% off. Next is uh, Vapor Trail, so 10% off the site um, for Vapor Trail. And it's KieferBros19 as well. So go there, check out, do the same thing. Next one is Banks Outdoors. So Banks makes like these unbelievable blinds, you know, and they make like ice fishing shanties and stuff like that. For 10% off of their store, type in Keef19, K-E-E-F-19. The next one is America's Best Bowstrings, 10% off your orders, $99 off. Or, or that didn't sound right. You get 10% over. Yes. 10% off your orders, $99 and over. Um, just type in Humanimal20 at checkout and get that discount. So that'd be helpful to go do that. And lastly, Millennium Tree Stands. So Millennium makes some unbelievable tree stands. Their seats on their tree stands, in my opinion, are the most comfortable seats on any tree stand out there. So, um, to get 5% off of that store, type in KB5 and you get that. So ah, there it is. We can keep the lights on this week. So um, we're good there to go, go there. And, uh, yeah, go to the YouTube channels, check those out. And with that long, lengthy interview or intro, go check out uh, this interview with Byron. So let's kick it over there, and uh, hopefully you guys have a great rest of your week. And uh, stay hi- stay healthy and stay safe out there. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Fall Podcast, and today we have Byron Horton from the Whitetail Experience. Byron, welcome to the podcast. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, actually wanting to come on and and talk a little bit, and I'm excited to get uh, get going. I, you know, I've kind of, you know, saw you from afar, and you, know, you we followed each other on Instagram for a while, and I've, I've seen some of your YouTube stuff, but I really want to dive in more to what you're doing. Um, I, I've been listening to the DeQuisto series podcast, you know, from Working Class Bull Hunter, and actually found out that you're producing the Whitetail Addictions uh, series that they're going to bring back. So I'm pretty stoked about that, and I want to I want to dive into that a little bit today with a plethora of other things as also. I mean, if that sounds good to you. Yeah, that sounds great, man. Love to talk hunting, love to talk media, and a little bit of both. For sure, and that's something Justin and I can do a little bit is talk media. Whether it's right or wrong, we like to bullshit about it, so <laughs> we can uh, we yeah. can talk your ear off about that. And that's something, honestly, Justin and I haven't really dove into, I mean, a lot lately. I mean, we have in the, you know, the prior, you know, eh, I would, uh, Justin, it's probably been like a good year since we've actually talked about any production stuff, hasn't it? Yeah, it seems like it. We probably need to get it's back into that. <laughs> longer than it should be, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> yep. So let's make today's a, a a good starting point where we can get back into that. So um, before we get too far, though, I mean, for everybody out there that does, doesn't know who you are and what you're doing, can you just kind of explain what Whitetail Experience is and, and who you are and, and uh, how you started it? Yeah, yeah. So just a little bit of the backstory of the Whitetail Experience, like, you know, pretty traditional start as far as a couple guys sitting around a truck one day and, 
And um, we had been hunting public land and started hunting together, oh, as a core of, say, three. Um, and, and you know, we started to knock some bucks down. We're like, hey, let's film this. You know, we were big fans of, of Whitetail Adrenaline and um, Curtis Sable at Behind a Bow. And, and so, you know, we, we said, let's, let's take a stab at the, the, the filming thing and, and see what goes. And, you know, the, the brand has kind of evolved to – you know, the YouTube, the public land thing, we hit the boom right. And uh, I think what also helped is we had we had knocked down a few good bucks before that. So we were kind of starting to become better hunters. And, uh, it, you know, after year one, it was kind of full cannonball into the, the, the production side of it and wanting to oh, produce a, a better than what I'll call like the handy cam YouTube community. We wanted to kind of strive for, you know, a, a second tier product and and then, you know, the YouTube channel, we saw value to like make and share some of our little tip tactic talk or, or you know, just oh, little videos on, on stand height or, or, you know, setting up mobile stuff quickly and easily and what we found to work for us. And so the brand kind of, you know, helped. Uh, we did hit the public land boom and um, a little bit of story on me. And so I was developing my skills as kind of a, a videographer, photographer with the whitetail experience and um Cody DeQuisto, uh, I had met him a year prior at ATA. He knew I was running the the stand and sticks. He asked me to work a sh- uh, a show here in Columbus, and uh, pulled me aside after kind of just working the show and, and selling product, and said, "Hey man, I, I kind of see some of your your photo video stuff. Do you want to start working with XOP?" Um, and so that kind of got me rolling into that, and then obviously with the birth birth of custom gear. Uh, you know, they kind of believed in my skills and ability enough to uh, work w- with them on that. And so that's kind of just the the spiral that, that kind of I didn't see coming. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah and that's what's crazy well, that's about how, that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's the crazy thing about what we do is just things can spiral so quickly and you find yourself in this hot seat and it's like, wow, like I'm living a dream now. Like I'm doing something that yeah, I've I've that's... only ever dreamed about. I Justin, it's probably the same for you, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's, I mean, it all started for me with an opportunity to go to Canada to film a hunt because the guy that was scheduled to go had had a, a looming record from when he was in college, you know, from one, I mean, I'll cut the shit. He got arrested in college and it still <laughs> stuck to him and you couldn't get, he couldn't get to Canada. Um, so I, people always ask like, how do you get into the industry? How do you start in this business? Like they're so eager to like do the one thing they have to do to, to get in, but it's not like a, there, there's no cause and effect of like, do this, then you'll be in. It's like, I always tell people just don't pass up an opportunity. Take every chance you get. If it's something for free or shit money or whatever, just take the chance and do it because you never know where it's going to go. Yeah. Now I am still full time. Like I still have a nine to five. Um, yep. I need I need one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard Justin searching, to <laughs> uh, but it's one of those things. Like, could, could I potentially get a bounce to to do this full time? I, I I know there's some weaknesses in my game and stuff, but uh, I think somebody could see what I'm doing and and maybe uh, maybe take a chance or something. Like I'm I'm I've, right. I'm definitely flirting with the line where it does it make sense for me to maybe drop my day job and, and potentially landscape for, for some extra cash and then 
do media three quarters of the time. And, and you know, I, uh, I yep. have thought about it. That's for sure. What do you think, you know, you bring up your weaknesses and I might put you on the spot here, but what do you think your weaknesses are? I mean, is it something that, uh, just knowledge based or equipment or, you know, style? Like what, what do you think those are? So I think, I think like, um, Two, two areas come to mind quickly is is editing and, and producing a story of footage I haven't shot because to be honest like in, until this addictions oh kind of uh, you know this year I haven't I've always put together stuff that I've shot myself um, and as you know as a field producer when you're shooting something or or you know if you're the one working on project X you're editing it in your head and, and you see where it's going. I feel like, you know, that's, that's a, 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 you know, I just don't have a lot of experience. I feel like putting together stuff that I didn't shoot. And, and, and so that would be one. And, and two, I think working, working at stuff at the next level, whether that be, oh, uh, I, let's, you know, if I increased some of my camera gear, um, I know there's always a learning curve there. I think some of my, uh, I think, oh, some of the color grading might be a, a, a touch of a weakness with, with, with some of my product. Um, I'm getting way better at sound design, so so improving there. So, yeah, by no means think I've got this thing figured out. Yep. And, and you know, I've been doing this for a long time as well. Like, you know, I've been working in the industry for, I think it's been eight years now, but before then I was still – you know, through college and, and even in high school, like I've been editing for a while and kind of taught the editing side of things myself to myself for a while. And then when I got in with Russia Rooster, I learned a lot from Jason Brown. Um, he's, I mean, he's a wizard when it comes to storyline and editing and, and, and vision. Like he really is like, I look up to him the most for that kind of thing. Um, but you know, you talk about sound design. I, I personally, a lot of people, when they give me credit, I guess you can say a lot of my peers and everything, they really enjoy my sound design. And now I don't think it's like top tier where it needs to be. I want to get there, but I can tell you like the progression to get there. It took me a couple years to, to doing that. And it's, uh, it wasn't something that just happened overnight. I feel like I've got a pretty good um, uh, track going, I guess you could say, like, I really needed to like focus on that. And I will tell you, I think sometimes when I was editing a piece, like the visual side of things, when I was editing, it might've suffered because I was so focused on audio. But the thing is, is like people can listen to good audio. They can't watch bad video. Does that make sense? In my opinion? Um, yeah. You know, <clears throat> so like the emotions, they always say, you know, people that are big into music, music will touch your soul. You know, like like audio will, you know, drive your emotions through whatever you watch. So I really kind of took that to heart and like I need to focus more on this. And basically that was my number one for a long time. And then when I got to a spot where I really felt comfortable with it, it was just like, okay, now I can hone on other things as well. Um I don't know if that helps at all, but you know, I just kind of, I just dove like headfirst and it was like, just, I need to do some things outside of the box. I would never do. Cause I always got into this like rhythm, like I need to do this, this, and this. And it's a lot like hunting too. You know, you get into a comfort zone. You kind of got to step outside of it and do something crazy weird 
and then people are like, oh, that was really cool, actually. So. Oh yeah, and I love like watching YouTube videos of guys or or, or you know shorts from outside the hunting space and saying, okay, let's let's take this concept idea or cool shot and, and put it into some of my work. I, I, uh, I actually shot a pretty cool idea the other day I saw on YouTube where 60 minutes, you got to shoot like a sizzle short and edit it all in 60 minutes and export it. Like, you know, you're allowed to gather your props for 15 minutes and then literally 60 seconds start to finish. It's kind of like a B rolling oh, yeah. sequence. And like me as a producer, like it pushed me. Like I was like, you know, you, you think about your shots and you gather your supplies and then boom, go like, it was pretty cool. It was, it, I tagged a couple people. Um, Oh, Dylan, Dylan from the breaking point. I tagged him. He's going to probably do it. And, uh, um, Grant from, from last breath TV is going to do it. Like they, they, they kind of geeked out like, Oh, this is a cool idea. Let's try it too. So that sounds like a lot of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's stress, but a really cool idea though. I mean, that's, that's something, you know, cause our life, in the industry rolls around deadlines all the time. I was just talking to you off record. I'm trying to, you know, get our TV show ready for, you know, the first due dates in a month and a half. And it's like, I'm stressing over that right now. And I'm, I'm pretty far ahead right now. I feel like, so it's just like deadline, deadline, deadline all the time. I, I totally get it, but that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool idea. Where did you end up seeing that at? Um, it, you know, I was just scrolling through YouTube and I'm sure like your YouTube search, it's like, camera travel creators like it's it, you know it, it's it's and one of these these clicked on it was like a 60 minute b-roll competition or something like that and i watched it and i was like they had three roommates and they all they all did it for for 60 minutes and then at the end they showed their work and it's pretty cool that is cool that is neat you know you said you have a team for the whitetail experience how many guys you have three did you say three guys yeah, so it's it's three core guys, and then we have two guys that are kind of uh, like part time, or, or or you know, they just got a few things where they, I feel like, aren't as committed as the core three at this point. Yep, no, I totally get that. You know, before I started working in the industry, I had the kind of the same thing, but uh, it was just you know your buddies out there doing, you know, hunting and filming it and everything. But I guess my question to you is. Do you have a certain set of guidelines that you kind of put these guys under or, you know, do you have a, a, a certain goal or, you know, train a, thro- a thought? Because I, I just go back to what you were saying about a weakness and editing footage that, you know, you didn't shoot, which I totally get. Like, it is difficult to do that. Um, but are you giving them a storyline or, you know, or saying you need X, Y, and Z for, you know, for this hunt or for the season? Yeah, so... Like obviously the, the group of three. Now, when I edit like Dave's videos um, or his footage, like I talk to Dave every day on the phone. So like I know one, he, he labels his footage really well. I've got him trained up on that aspect of things as far as like the production side of things. Same thing with Andy. Um, and, you know, we're in so much communication. We're hunting the same pieces. Um I'm involved like when they shoot deer, like I come for, for the, the drag out sequences if I'm in the same state. Um, you know, so I'm getting, oh, some of those better drag out sequences, some of the head turns, stuff like that. Now where I struggle, I feel like with building somebody else's story is the, the, the whitetail addictions where these guys are from all over kind of the Midwest and Troy's out in, in Idaho. So, you know, like that's where it's like, um, it's pushing my skills and, and I think it's been a good challenge. And I think, you know, I'm, 
I think five, six episodes in, I've, I've found my flow and, and kind of my, my workflow there, but yeah, the, the core here, that, that to me is an easy edit and I, you know, they're filming similar to me. I know the struggles they go through, they get the shots kind of related to our product with the, the public land thing. So, so that's, that's not terrible as, as far as to edit and put together. Yep. I totally get that. And that's something that you just, I, I know Justin's even as an editor, because Justin, I mean, you recently, not recently, but last couple of years, you've been getting more into editing. I know you're really like thrive on the shooting side of things, but like you probably had that, you had that hiccup probably too. I mean, I think every editor goes through that and just, you know, where's the storyline at, or I don't have the shot, you know, that I need. Right. And I think a lot of guys being a shooter and an editor like going out and shooting your stuff and then having to come back and edit it and, and really sit down in the bay and being like, well, shit, I didn't get that shot. Like, you'll never forget that again. Like, you'll get that shot. So I think it makes you grow as a shooter and as an editor. So I, I, I totally get that side of things as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, that, that to me has been the, uh, um, a learning curve, if you will. And sometimes I think as, as an editor, uh, you got to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know? <laughs> you oh my can... God. I said, I say that 40 times a day. <laughs> it's exactly what I say. I've actually never dude, heard it's... that. I'm going to put that in my one liner bank. So I'm going to be using that. <laughs> oh dude, it's, dude, I, I know exactly where you're at. And like, <clears throat> you can tell it like, got a little twinkle in my eye now, but <laughs> it was, that was my biggest weakness as well. However, like when I first started working at Midwest Whitetail, that was trial by fire because everything that they produced was shot by somebody else. You know, unless you're filming for like Jared or Bill and you're editing those blogs daily, those regional shows from Midwest Whitetail, Cabela's Turkey Roost, Whitetail TV, and everything I did through that whole time there and into when it was became 41 North every single production they have is shot by somebody else. And I'm just like, when are we going to take control of this and like elevate these things? Well, <clears throat> honestly, you can't do it. Not unless you want to do something totally separate, removed from everything else. Like you just got to take what you can get and learning to edit someone else's footage was honestly what forced me into learning how to edit better in the first place. But it's also like, it's a double-edged sword because now when I go out and shoot something that I know I'm going to edit, it's like I, I shoot it for the way I know it's going to be cut when I get back home, but then it takes more time in the field and it's like, oh, I do this again, say that, like, okay, remember that when you go to edit this clip and like, it's a catch-22. Yeah. There's, I oh. agree 100% on that. You know, and that, uh, I always say it's just you only can polish a turd so much. You know, so it's yeah. like when I got into the industry, it was just I was editing a lot of other people's shows, you know, for the first year, year and a half, and then got into editing a lot of the stuff that we were doing. And and uh, ever since then, it's been great. But you, there is times you still get that point where it's like, man, I need a shot here. I need a good transition shot. I need some B-roll, mm -hmm. you know, and yep. trying to focus on that too. And then you don't want to be an asshole and, like, tell the guys. So, like, Byron, you might – I don't think you'd be like, I'm going to be an asshole on this, but a lot of the guys that you're probably editing their footage, I'm going to guess they're probably guys that are just, you know, everyday working class guys that go out and hunt and they're just toting a camera with them. Is that kind of right? Yeah. And I would say 90% of the stuff is, is self-filmed. Yep. Um, 
which is fine because you know that's where I kind of come from. Right. Some of the self film side of things with, with, with whitetail experience, but yeah, like um, these guys are not, you know, not not they don't have the the photography videography background, if you will, and, and um, but they, you know, some of them are some very good hunters, and and, and, and that's that's kind of what the show is built off of. You know, it's, it's yeah. the solo filming uh, guy addicted to whitetails. Yep. And, and, and I think it it really shows, you know, that self film aspect. I love watching that, you know, there's a way, you know, it can be done so many different ways. Um, but there's a a niche for it. And I think that'll show these guys like their everyday working class guys that just love to deer hunt and they're toting a camera with them. But, you know, you might get a couple guys and you probably have that, have, has any of them just said, kind of screw the camera, I'm going to kill this big-ass deer <laughs> yet? Oh, I, I, I'm trying to think. I know on past episodes, um, I literally was looking at, at Heath's old footage, and he killed a slammer in Illinois, and, and the, you know, they show the buck you know, on the ground. They show some of his hunt. But, you know, he he does talk like, hey, I had to say screw the camera. And and by no means, like, white toe experience doesn't get paid to shoot deer on camera. I will be the first to say, you know, I've worked my, my ass off for for most of the time. It's going to be a public land buck. I'm going I'm to send it, you know. Like, yep. I totally get it because, <laughs> I mean, you, you probably don't have a lot of time to hunt either. And when you do, you know, you cherish that time. I'm in the same boat. You know, I'm filming a lot in the fall for our TV show, which I love. I mean, I love my job. And I don't ever want to, I don't ever want it to go away, to be honest with you, because I just love being able to do it. But there is times where it's like, you know, you know what you're there for. If you can't get it on camera, whether you're filming someone or just self-filming, it, you, that's what you're there to do, you know, and that's what you're getting paid to do for me and my aspect anyway. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I obviously have the, uh, the ability to say, screw it. Um, <laughs> but but yeah you are in a different boat that is your your job is, is is and and to be honest like i have filmed uh some of my my buddies dave and stuff like um and, and actually one of my most nervous moments in the tree i filmed cody on a late season hunt we were just getting some content in general and uh i remember i i i did not move a muscle that whole and i purposely grabbed the saddle so i could like hide the camera like between me and the tree and just be poking out. I, I was so nervous. I get nervous filming other people. I think is there's, there's almost more pressure on you at that point. Oh, I, <laughs> there's, yeah. I remember early in the game when I was doing that same thing, like just nervous, you like, I'm filming the Kiefer brothers. You know, it was that like yeah. first couple of years. I'm like, I don't want to screw up at all. And now I've been in it, you know, so long and I'm, I'm pretty good friends with these guys. Now it's just like, you know, second nature, really not a lot of nerves, but I will tell you when that animal's coming in and it's like go time, you know, it's going to happen. I black out like even behind the camera, like I know what I'm doing and it's just kind of like muscle memory takes over. But then when you pull your head out of that viewfinder and then you like reflect on it, it's like, wow, I don't remember that deer doing that. Or, you know, I filmed it, but I don't remember doing it. It's just like blackout mode. And it's just so cool. I get just as jacked to hit record you know, in that moment, then, you know, kind of then killing a deer, really. I mean, it's all the other ancillary stuff that can get redundant too. Like the, you know, the, you're grinding for three weeks and every morning getting up and you got to get B-roll shots and time lapses. Like that stuff can, can wear on a guy too, even though, you know, it's a dream job that, that, uh, that can wear on you. 
yeah, it's I I go into the same blackout. <laughs> I really do. It's I I get I get to the point where it's like when it's all over, I'm like shit. Did I push record? <laughs> yep, every time, every time, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, Byron, what uh, what gear are you running? Not to, I mean. I always say too, like with gear, I've had a lot of people ask me that are getting into it. It's like, what, what do I need to buy? What do I need to do? And I always say like, you know, start off with something that's budget friendly and learn how to tell a story first. Um, so yeah. that's like my first thing with them. But like, what, what are you guys running for gear? Um, so currently, like uh, I would say the whitetail experience, like I, I run a, oh, a Sony E7 III. Um, and I would say majority of the time I've got a, um, Oh, a 28 to 75 on there. Um, that's kind of like the workhorse camera. That's what I take most of the time. Um, now I will say this as a, as a self filmer, um, you know, there are, I also look at our product and, and realize, you know, if I've hunted with that thing for a couple of days and I don't have like what I call deer footage, I will, I will take a, I've got, a, Oh, Let's see here. I have a bridge camera by Panasonic that I will take and it's got a built in like a oh, 25 to 400. Um, and I will use that sometimes because um, it's funny, the whitetail experience, like our first year filming, you know, we have the handy cams, the, 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 the Sony's and the Canon Vixias of the world. And that video on YouTube has like, I don't know, 80,000 views and it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's rough. And, yep. um, but it's got a lot of deer footage. And like, if you read the comments, people are like, man, where are you guys hunting all these public bucks? And like, we captured some cool stuff. And, and, and then we went the DSLR route and yes, our polished product got better and the, the, you know, the quality, the colors, the depth of feel, all that stuff like really looks good. But we noticed like we lacked in deer footage. Yeah, You know, cause you get that, you know, when you have those encounters with bucks, let's say between 50, a hundred yards in the timber, um, we just weren't capturing it. And so we literally almost on a, um, oh, on kind of a hunt by hunt basis, depending on what, what we think we need, we'll flirt around between a couple cameras. Dave runs a, oh, a 70 or 80 D, um, with like a 24 to 200, I think, um, that's kind of his workhorse, um, Andy, I think, still got a T5i with like an 18 to 135. Yep. Um, so, yeah, nothing over the top on, on, on Whitetail Experience. I've got, you know, a Mavic drone, um, a couple other lenses. Um, what else do I use a lot of? Uh, a lot of shotgun mics because, you know, it's it's public land. So, so do you really want to bring multiple mics to the stand? Right. No, you, you got stand and sticks on your back going into film. You got a headlamp in the dark. Like, yep. you know, that it, it adds a whole jack around factor. And that's always like in my mind. Yes. I want to produce a good product, but we got to kill deer too. Yep. I, I definitely yeah. get it. Especially in your, in your situation, like you said, like we're not getting paid to do this. So you're almost out there working at your, your favorite hobby. It's like almost your job and you don't, you don't want it to turn into work either. Um, so I always say, keep it simple, you know, as, as the best you can, if it means not putting the lav mic on every time, cause it's kind of a pain in the ass to do it, then leave the lav at home. It just depends on what product you want to put out there too. So it's like, do you want, you know, I, I, I kind of put rock house motion at, you know, as the standard, <laughs> you know, they're really high, <laughs> high end, you know, um, and they're always going to do that things. Film they just put out the other day. I haven't seen it yet. No, I, I saw Sorry. the preview yeah. for it yesterday. Is it good? Yeah, it's, 
Oh, dude, it's there, there's literally no voiceover. It's all sound design. Brad Christian, I mean, not Brad Christian. Sorry, uh, Matt White. Uh, Matt White just destroyed that thing. It's yeah. all like super high speed. It's all sound design, sound effects. Like it's badass. Yep. Go to Early Riser Coffee YouTube and watch it. It's it's insane. Yeah, I saw the preview for it, and I need to go take a look at it. But like, like I said, like they're kind of the standard for the high end things, and it just depends on like where you want to fall in that um, that YouTube realm. But like being one guy, you can still be high end. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a different high end to me. You know, being one yeah. guy in, no, in, think... in a solo mission, it's you. You kind of have to have some give and take. Yeah, I mean. Somebody that stands out to me that does a very, very good job at that, like being a, a solo mission type of guy who's a phenomenal producer is Joe Sir. Yeah. Yep. He everything he does films I mean, he does projects for, for companies and brands and you know, he's he does you know, hit that upper tier of producers in my opinion, but even when he films his own hunts or just like burning his you know, burning his CR feed peels with his family on the weekend or whatever the case may be, like he doesn't cut any corners. He's, I don't know. He's one of those guys who, by himself, just just kills it every time. Yeah, we. But I'm like you. Like I'm, I've, <clears throat> I'm packing everything in. I'm ditching the wireless. I'm going shotgun. I'm running autofocus. I'm running auto white balance. Like, I, I want to run that camera one handed. And I did it for the first time last weekend. I killed the turkey off camera. I said, I said, screw it. Camera stay in the truck. I'm gonna go hunt. That's it. <laughs> it ended up being an awesome turkey hunt too, and he felt really bad about yeah. not having it on there. <laughs> yeah, the day yeah. I actually I killed my buck this year, I it was uh, the really the two hunts prior to maybe the three. We had like snow rain mixes, and so I would take my cheaper camera because one I can't take the loss. But uh, as soon as I killed him, dude, I ran. I I, I packed my stand six to the truck, went and got the Sony that was in the truck, which is kind of scary at times, but went and grabbed it for all the recovery. Obviously I wanted photos like, um, you know, just like with hunting, you know, when you look at your, you know, as a solo producer, sometimes you gotta, this, this phrase sticks with me. You gotta do what's hard and do what's right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And 100%. I, I agree hundred percent on that. Um, I just lost a train of thought here. You were you were saying something and I had it and now I don't have it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got uh, I just got sidetracked. But I'm gonna kind of do a hard transition, I guess. But yeah. talking about you know self filming and everything, and I just saw that uh, Custom Gear just came out with that pocket arm. And Justin and I were just talking about this pocket arm this morning on the phone. That thing looks legit for like a you know so um <clears throat> excuse me a, a solo producer have you been using that at all because i know you you know doing the whitetail addiction so all those guys are probably running them is that correct so that obviously last season when when a lot of addictions was filmed that that was not out um the prototype i think was running around with cody and andre all fall but like that's that's only the guys that got hunting experience with it i've been playing with it here i think i've had mine two to three weeks i just put a review out um and and and, um you know, I uh, I love how easy that thing sets up jack around factor because I've owned four camera arms in four years. I'm never happy. Yep, um, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah, and and so I think for the guy packing, like the design and and, and I, again the jack around factor of doing it because 
I, you know, I put a post out the other day because you know some guys are, are talking about it. It looks a little bouncy for the the the, the DSLR guys, and I'm like, dude, you got to think it's going to be November eighth. You know, you've gotten up five out of the last six mornings early. You're packing in, you know, anywhere from a quarter to a mile. You know, in the dark. You know, you're grinding through this rut. You're moving stands midday, or you should be, or you you, you do it most days, whatever. You know, like the last thing on your mind is, oh, man, my camera arm's bouncing just a touch. Now, that being said, I have been in talks with Andre, and obviously I'm very close to the source. There's going to be a DSLR style. They're going to make it solid. and there, there, There's going to be some tweaks for, for what I call that mid-level, oh, guy running the mid-level lenses um, that wants to solo film. I, there's going to be a model come out that, that can accommodate a little more weight uh, with ease. Okay, so that's good to hear because nice. I might have to wait or hold off then because so this can the the pocket arm you have right now is it mm-hmm. just with an A seven three and I know a lot of people listening to this probably don't know what an A seven three is a Sony A seven three is just your DSLR it's not even that big of a DSLR it just depends on what lens you want to put on it um, then it mm-hmm. can start getting bulky but it, for relatively it's pretty small camera I mean with an A seven three and let's say like a you know, a 70 to 200, uh, Canon, you know, or doesn't matter brand lens. Is it pretty, is it too big for that pocket arm? So I would say the 70 to 200 is right on the line. Like I would say, wait until this second model comes out. I think the guys with, Oh, some of those smaller, like, what is it? The 18 to 105, the, the, that lens right now will work. Um, but like anybody with like a Canon Vixia, like the, what's this? Panasonic H770 or whatever. Yeah, they all have weird um, numbers. I don't even know how to keep yeah, track of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> some of the, like the, the, the medium range bridge style cameras, like like this will do. You know, for for the the YouTube self filmer and especially like the mobile guy. Like I think I think that's where it is. And then guys like you know, I was talking to 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 Dan uh, Bayas out of um, oh the Tyneman a web show the Tyneman. And him and I, you know, we talk shop all the time. And I'm like, hey, just, you know, wait until this second model comes out because he's running, you know, a similar setup to myself. And I think he would be a touch happier, you know, with the what I'll call the DSLR model that will come out. And, and it, that should be oh, public by the time this thing airs. So Cool. Awesome. Justin, were you going to say something? I know you were trying to chime in there. Uh, no, I, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I was just interested about that pocket arm. I, I love the design of it. Obviously, it's nothing that uh, you know I can use with our camera setup. Where I'm running a an A7 II actually for the main camera, but it's got we got a meta bones on it uh, because we run um, a 50 to 500 Sigma lens, so it's a really big lens and bazooka. Yeah, it's it's basically a bazooka up there, and then you you, you throw your mic setup on it and the cage and all that stuff and it gets pretty big so the pocket arm definitely not for something like that which we use the big muddy arms which you know over the years they're kind of it's more of a pain in the ass like i gotta take this and i gotta put it up in the tree but you get you know you get proficient with it and you you know you know how to cut some corners but if you want solid footage i mean that's the way to go definitely if you got a bigger camera but um, for self-filming, you know, cause I do a lot of self, I will do a lot of self-filming around my farms here in Michigan, just cause when we're home off the road, I really don't want to ask any of the other guys to come film me cause you know, they want to go hunting too. So, you know, just grab a self-filming rig and that's kind of what I'm looking for is an arm for that really. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you're willing to, to run a shotgun mic in like the mid-level lens, 
um, I, I definitely, I, I could see that being, being nice because also dude, it throws right in the bag. I know. Uh, yeah. You could put it in your pocket. Like they said, pocket arm, like the back pocket, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I run that little man. Yeah, that would, there. It's sweet. Well, I would, I want one just to try it out and cause I know I'll use it. I've, I freaking lugged around. So I lugged around my lone wolf alpha five sticks, um, an XF 400, a fluid head, wireless mic, shotgun mic, extra batteries, GoPro, <laughs> uh, the Joby, you know, the little Joby gorilla pod deal for my second angle. Plus all my hunting stuff, my bow, my headlamp, my rattling horns, my grunt tube release half a dozen arrows, like, and the muddy, it's not the outfit or the, it's the middle level muddy tree arm. Yep. It was the day before we, I shot that buck this year. I was like, I'm done with this crap. Like I'm, I can't do this. Like I'm, I'm defeated. Throw yeah. on the towel, I quit. I admit it. I'm done. And then of course sun rose the next day and I was like, no, I got to do it. I got to take it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's, a, I've got the muddy outfitter arm as well. And I haven't used it much. It's the smallest muddy arm. And honestly for the, it, it packs well, you know, for having uh, a base that you have to put on the tree and then an arm in that, which I think it's a yeah. solid arm and I've got a smaller Manfrotto for it. Um, but if you want to be like light and, and mobile and really get after it and kind of keep it simple, like that pocket arm, that's the cat's ass. Like that's yeah. something that, uh, yeah, I can't, sure. I can't wait to get something like that in my hands. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, I can't believe you're running around with all that, man. That is, <laughs> that'll wear on you. Like your, your bag has to be mid forties to 50 pounds. Yeah. No, it was, and it, I mean, it was pack in every time. There, there was a handful of times, like throughout the season, where I left a stand in, just because I hunted it, you know, the next morning from an evening hunt, you know, whatever. But uh, I would just carry out the bottom two sticks so nobody could reach it, and I'd I'd walk in the next day, and just the fact that the camera arm was already in the tree with the stand hung, and I was like, oh my god, this is like being on vacation. Like I could handle this, but holy shit, man. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Uh, you know, it is it is a grind to pack in, hang stands every, you know, in and out, and and then film it on top of that. I I think uh, I kind of think that's you know that, that that's an aspect to it. Uh, you know, you don't see a lot of guys doing that. You, you you see even less guys doing it and filming it. You know. Yeah, honestly, like that's it's so much. Like you don't you're in there to film the hunt and just filming yourself walking in is like, screw that. I'm already committed to, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going that far with it. Like I'll film the hunt, but next thing you know, you got, you got 20 minutes of B-roll just walking in and filming your setup. And then you go to organize that footage and it's like, shit, I got 20 gigs of footage just, you know, before I even see my first deer. Screw this. Yeah. It does get uh, redundant and it does, it, you know, the, you always look at it. You like you said. You get up, and it's like, gosh, I gotta, you know, I want to go hunting so bad, but it's like I gotta take all that crap in with me, and uh, my bed feels good. I'll just go back to sleep. You know, it's just so easy to yeah. do that, uh, or just not even take it and just go hunting. But then you feel guilty when you when you shoot something or have a good experience and you don't have it. I uh, totally get all yeah. that. So keeping it simple, like I personally, you know, a lot of people are against GoPros, but. You know, the new GoPros are solid, and I I personally like the vlog style of storytelling. You know, like going to that vlog style, POV, uh, telling your story with that, and then 
Um, obviously telling your story with your B-roll shots. And then when you get into the tree, the tree's just, you know, that's, that's just self-explanatory. You got your big camera for that, but having a GoPro and you don't have to worry about focus and they make, you know, good shotgun mics for them now. And you know, the quality of them are, you know, some of the quality on those are better than probably your handy cams and maybe possibly some DSLRs. So I really like that aspect as well. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I wish GoPros did different was like, you still got that little bit of a fish eye view. Like yep. it's such a wide angle lens on there. Like I wish you could get rid of that fish eye, but still keep the so, angle that it gives you. So when you're you're editing in Premiere, you know you can get rid of that with an effect. I don't know if you knew that. I guess not. So yeah. So in Premiere, you can go into your effects and Byron. I don't. Do you use Adobe Premiere to edit? I am actually a Final Cut guy. Okay. Right now. Oh man, that's I you did Final Cut forever, and then went to premiere and it was like a vacation it was great <laughs> but uh um no going to premiere and then going to the effects and it's uh just type in gopro into the effects and find the gopro that like if you're shooting it on let's say like a three plus like a hero three plus or something like that and it'll give you options yeah. like 1080 wide click on that put it on your on your clip and it takes the fish eye away huh see yep. i didn't know that that's there good. you go. That's great to know. <laughs> yeah. There I go. So damn, learn something new every day, I guess. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's your pro tip right there. I like pro that. tip of the day. Brought yep. to you by uh, pro tip of the day. Brought to you by uh, Banks Outdoors. America's best Bank. bowstrings. There you go. America's best bowstrings. Brought to you by <laughs> America's best bowstrings. Um, yeah. So so Byron, you're using Final Cut, huh? Which I learned on Final Cut. Avid was my first one, and then Final Cut. Really liked Final Cut. My only thing with Final Cut I didn't like is you had to basically encode all your footage before it could even import it, and it's probably changed since then. Um, so basically, you had to convert all your footage to a certain codec before to bring it in. Do you still have to do that? Oh, it, it, it kind of depends on your import process and what you want to do, I guess. Um, <laughs> that one that one the best answer is it depends okay i <laughs> gotcha yeah it was just when we went from that to premiere like premiere it did not because we were running like five canon 5ds we were running gopros we were running um pmw 200s and 300s ex1s and each file had a different you know codec or a different it was a different file. So when you go into Premiere, you had to like convert all that stuff to, I want to say it was like an MOV or something. I can't remember. It was been so long ago, but you know, when we went to Premiere and honestly, the reason why we went to Premiere was because you could just bring all those files in without converting them. And it took, you know, it saved you a lot of time. And then, you know, after we went to Premiere, I kind of had to teach myself. We all kind of had to teach ourselves. And honestly, if I was to take a test on how to run Premiere, I'd probably fail because the thing that they did wrong, they probably, it, it's its great that they did it, but for me, it, it's wrong. They, you can go in there and adjust your quick keys and it gives you an option to have the same quick keys as Final Cut did. So I just went there. So it was like, wasn't any different for me, but I don't know any Premiere shortcuts. I switched them all to Final Cut and have not learned <laughs> You know, so I kind of I kind of do it the ghetto way, you know, but it works for me, and I'm and I'm effective that way. So, um, but I don't want to take any tests on Premiere. <laughs> but yeah, so that's really cool. Um, 
what do you so your main camera is in Sony A7 III? Are you running a Sony lens as well? Is that what you're running? Um, I have some Sony lenses. I also, I, I guess my, my uh, oh, 28 to 75 there, that's a Tamron actually, which you know, it's kind of a oh, budget friendly um purchase. Um, but you know, like I actually, though, I guess full disclosure, like I was running a Canon 80D before this or whatever. And uh, my house got broken into, and so my drone was gone. Oh, man. A couple lenses gone. Dude, they took a hard drive. Like, it was uh, – 2019 was a year of recovery as far as uh, some, 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 some media stuff. That sucks. <laughs> oh, Jeez. man. Yeah. Yeah, I was working on a video that morning before work. And so, like, like obviously, I had my 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 desk lined up with a few cameras, lenses. You know, like my stuff was out. It was it was it, so they 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 kicked in the door, and yeah, yeah, I lo- I lost some some, some some dollars. That's for sure. Shoot, that's that's Jeez. never good, man. And that's you got to be like sick to your stomach when you come home and see that, and it's like, oh, God. that's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah, it really is. When I was when I was living in Texas years ago. Uh, I had my house broken into when I was gone for a weekend and my neighbor thought I was dead. He calls me and he's like, are you all right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I thought you were laying in your house, like with your head split open. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, your front door's open and like your TV's gone and like there's shit all over your living room. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. I, and I was in San Antonio. So I was like, I had a four hour drive home to think like my house just got broken into. And I'll, you know, you might have felt the same way about this. And it took me forever to get comfortable in my own house again. Like I, I still like slept with one eye open for like months. Locking yeah, every yeah. door and everything. <laughs> oh my dude, it was it was like so unnerving. Like I know who it was. I just there was no proof of it. Yeah, so they couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I took a I took a hit that the oh twenty nineteen. Oh. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna upgrade my body, and I'm gonna buy one lens right now because financially that's all I got. I didn't have, uh, you know, I, I do this as a side business, so I'm like, okay, what can I maximize my production value with right away? Get me up and running until I can kind of. Oh, either get another lens and then like a month later buy a drone, you know, like I, I had yep. to, I had to really, you know, and, and I, I, I was kind of, I had built my skills enough on that ADD to, to make the jump to, I guess, you know, a, a higher caliber, uh, camera, you know, and, and be able to shoot yeah. some of the, the, you know, some, some of the one twenties, uh, shooting some of the logs and, um, you know, just, you know, my skills, that, that's something that, that they, I feel like, I've upgraded as my skill set and abilities have upgraded. And so that, that that's what I've done in, in 2019. So that's cool, man. Uh, I, yeah, that's I, I just remembered what my train of thought was that I lost back, you know, 15 minutes ago was, you know, you killed a great buck on public land last year. It was, it was public land, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Last couple of years. Yep. I remember seeing the, the footage. I mean, he was a solid buck. Uh, I remember seeing it on YouTube. I, I kind of want to pick your brain about, you know, self-filming it. And I'm sure you've probably killed more deer before that self-filming. Um, but what was your, what was your thought process? Like that you're grinding, you're grinding, you're grinding, and then it all comes together and you get it on camera and you're like jacked and, and it's a great buck. Like what is your emotions doing? I mean, it, cause I've been there and I, I kind of want to pick your brain on it and see how you, you know, what you felt like. And I know Justin's been there a lot more than I have, but, um, 
like it's just got a to me it was just more than what it would be without a camera like it's just this a sense of accomplishment and i can only imagine on public land it had to even be even more than that so like what what were you thinking and what were you feeling oh man dude that's uh i'll never forget that day um i guess to rewind like a week to 10 days let's see here when i kill that deer like the ninth or tenth so i actually missed my biggest bow buck to date november 2nd on public land like similar area actually not not far from where i encountered this buck but uh, i missed him and my hunting partner dave missed a giant at seven yards the same day we both missed our biggest deer oh, two days with a bow uh, on the same day so so you fast forward it's it's i think the uh, pardon me if my my days are off but it's the seventh right um snowstorm came in it is cold uh i i've decided you know i'm i'm, I'm in this this pinch good buck sign around me um i look down i've got a solid track i actually got out of the tree at noon just to warm up to to look at this track a little better i'm like dude that's that's a good track there could be a good one come through here today um and that's you know that snow is like 24 hours old so that that track's not old so I come back up the tree and it's like two o'clock and I see, you know, this, this buck. And, and, and I, at first glance, I'm like, I think that's a good one. Binos confirmed. He's a shooter. You know, I'm, I'm hunting public land. I'm kind of looking somewhere in that one thirty ish range. Um, you know, so I, so I glass this deer, he moves from say a hundred, 120 yards to about 60. And I'm, you know, in my head, I, at that point, I'm like, dude, he's coming through the pinch. I've got, current buck sign years over buck sign and tracks like he's coming like this this year's he's gonna i'm gonna get crack and then he scoots straight up the hill and for no rhyme or reason i had no idea why he did that and so i was like all right so november 8th next day you know i i put the game plan together look at what the wind's doing and he had passed between this beech tree and this down log and so i kind of came in a totally different route and i said if he repeats that i'm gonna shoot him you know like i've got a chance um, and sure enough, you know, this, this day he was earlier, I think it was like 10 30 ish. And I look over my shoulder and I see, you know, a solid cage. I'm like, that's him. Like, you know, autopilot, boom, camera goes to shooting lane. I back that lens all the way out from a self-filming perspective. And, uh, I grab my bow and I get ready, you know, um, I, I think part of this self-filming aspect is it is tough. You're not going to get a Lee and Tiffany or Heartland bow hunter kill shot. Um, nice and tight you you gotta you gotta back that lens out on, on the deer you want to kill yeah um so he actually comes through and it's funny i came up this bluff and i knew you know ground scent could be a problem you know with with how i was going to come in there but i also thought it was the best route not to to let him know i'd come in there and uh he catches my ground scent and you can see this in the film he kind of hunches like oh fuck and like literally that arrow is being sent as he like hunches up, like, Oh shit, I just caught a track. Like <laughs> that's awesome. I'm watching it right this second. Like I, I pulled it up as soon as you started talking. I'm, I'm watching that shot right now. Okay. Yeah. So, so it hits him and he jumps over this crack, runs like 40 yards. I'm like, dude, he's got to go down that. You know, I kind of heard that pop noise. Like I'm like, dude, he's, he's got to go down. Right. Like, and then he trots off slowly and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like just, you, you gotta be kidding me like i already had this happen this year where i messed up on a buck um you know surely surely that was a good shot so second guessing like nobody's business and if you watch kind of that post shot oh interview get down out of the tree sequence like you could tell like i'm a little reserved at this point because i'm a i mean i don't know if you can hear it right now i'm an animated person i get fired up 
Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you though, man. If you don't get fired up, why are we doing this then? Yeah, yeah. So so I blood track this deer with no lungs ran 200 yards, dude. Holy cow! Um, now now I will say this: he ran towards the truck, which is a blessing. That's perfect. Uh, but he did, <laughs> you know, he did die in this like oh bluffy crack of a ravine, like you know. Um, and so when I find him, I kind of I glassed him, and, and so I thought he was down. And I get, to, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to film anything just yet, you know, because I don't want him to get up and run. So I get down there about 15 yards. And I, I glass him for a solid, oh, 10 seconds, just to make sure I don't see any chest movement. And I, then I pull out the camera as I'm walking up to really, you know, capture what I'm seeing and feeling um, at that point in time. And I think if anybody watches the film, I think I bleep out an F-bomb, but you can just see like I am. He's bigger than I thought he was, so so that's always good when that happens. For sure, um, you know he's got a pretty cool bladed G two, and so I just you know lose my lose my shit. That's awesome, awesome. Now is that your biggest buck to date? So no, I so the prior year I killed a, a touch bigger ten. Okay, um, that that is a, a bigger eight. I'm trying to think. Um. So yeah, he's like one thirty six as an eight. Um pretty good mass and bladed g2 that's that's i mean you know i I killed a 10 last or 2018 october like two sticks high and that that was a pretty cool buck and that is my biggest to date that deer's oh i think he's like 20 inches wide like he's he's pretty cool oh wow that's a sweet deer. I love wide deer. <laughs> Just, Dude, I, yeah. I'll shoot a hundred incher if he's if he's 20 inches wide. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I let one of those walk. You did. <laughs> Justin let him walk. I hate that. I gave him shit for four it. days, five days after that for not shooting that deer. Yeah. You'll get that on those bigger jobs, though. I understand. You're in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I, – I cared too much. I was like, yeah, he's a young deer. You know, I was like – I was thinking of like a mature buck hunter, not a self-filmed, busted my balls. You know, it's November 10th public land hunter self-filming hunter i was like yeah no i'm good i can do better what what trips your trigger do you do you you know if if he like i don't know if if he had a drop time to six inches or if you know he had a chocolate is there something that trips your trigger i'm a wide buck guy myself man i'll tell you the one thing i would shoot hands down i don't care what the circumstance might have been big eights get me um you know, if my, my personal mission, like if someday I shoot 150 inch eight point, that's like, that's like my, that's my unicorn for my hunting career. I think, I think that would do more for me than shooting a 200. Nice. Okay. See, see, you know, that, that's, I think that's cool. I'm, I'm with you. I think big eights are cool. Obviously um, my inches are a little different, but yeah, like I think what, whatever trips your trigger, man, I think you're, you know, yeah. you're allowed to say that. I'm right there yeah, with that's, you. That's just it. Yeah, I I agree. I, I I started singing a different tune though after that happened. Like I watched the footage, I was like, "You dumbass!" Like he walked under the tree. It was seven o'clock in the morning. I I just knocked an arrow. It's whatever. It, it's on my YouTube channel. Anybody can can check out that hunt. But it's I, I was sick. I was like, "Why did you do that?" You know. And then <laughs> I started singing the tune of like, "What trips my trigger is one that's in frame, in focus, and in range. That's the one that gets shot." Totally agree, man. Nothing wrong wrong there. I'll give you shit every day for it, though. (laughs) That good, 
keep me honest. I got to ground you. I got you. something to give you shit for. I got something to give you shit for. Uh-oh. I don't know if I want to hear it on and, record. Uh, yeah, oh, well, this is this is coming out live. Everybody that hears this needs to comment. Oh. Uh, Aaron had his first Mountain Dew today. He oh, violated his, I did. He violated his uh, New Year's resolution. I'm drinking it right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> right now it's, uh, what, what are we, April, May 8th? May 8th, first pop. I literally just, I'm I'm, I'm sipping right now. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, it's, it's weird to be recording a podcast not drinking beers. <laughs> I know. I feel, recording feel weird I don't have beer. a bush light on me right now. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I'm, you know, May 8th, first pop of 2020. I'm not saying it's going to you know, be a thing, but, uh, my New Year's resolution is still, I mean, I guess you could call me a failure, I guess, but I've went, you know, just about five and a half months without one. So here I am. <laughs> hey, every, uh, every addict has a relapse. You know, it's just, <laughs> you got to start over. That's it. Those first stages <laughs> of it right here. I can't promise you what's going to happen in the fall though. Cause the fall gets to the point where it's like, you need, you need to pick me up. You need some comfort <laughs> food. And to me, uh, Mountain Dew, uh, fountain pop Mountain Dew is, is comfort food. So yeah, we all got our. Coaches. No, I get that, dude. I'm, I'm a sucker for the little Debbie's come deer season. <laughs> what's your Byron? Little what's Debbie's your go-to? Way. What What do you got? That's like your demise. Oh, ooh. Uh, I don't know about my demise, uh, but I guess like my. Uh, I actually found a. Uh, oh, my, my wife. She's kind of a. Oh, we, we kind of do some health nutrition stuff, but she found me these little, oh, chocolate caramel guys with 50 milligrams of of caffeine in them. And that was like my rut, like, you know, all day sits, like that was my little treat to pick me up, say somewhere around one, two o'clock. Okay. Yep. And these, I think they're called wake bars or like wake candies. I, I don't know, but dude, like that, <laughs> that, that's my little like tree stand, like in the grind of the rut. That's, that's, that's what takes me to that place right there. <laughs> I've got a couple of these. Things. Them with, they've got a little owl on the package. Yeah, exactly. Oh, those are the ones? Yep. I know what you're talking yeah, about. It's called awake chocolate, awake energy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my, sure. my, my rut grinding, like obviously like you guys, like we're running on low sleep. So generally I try to, I see a lot of deer actually, I think between like 10 and noon. Um, I, we made a joke this year that like, we might as well get out of the stand at three o'clock because we're not, we, 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 I don't know. We just don't see a lot of deer during the rut in, in, in the evenings. I think we set up in these bedding areas pinch points I, I i really think even with our shifts midday like we suck at finding deer in the evening in the rut but like i will i will come down out of my tree stand at like noon and i will sleep at the base of the tree for like 30 minutes like catch a power nap and then i will pop one of those wake bars for the second half of the day oh that's a pretty good idea i, like it. I never even thought of like getting down and just taking a little snooze right there <laughs> dude bill winky does it all the time really i get i'll get snaps from drake or cooper you know or whoever's filming i'm like He'll just like even in a redneck, he'll just lay down on the floor in the redneck for fifteen minutes, take a little snoozer. Oh, he'll climb to the bottom of the tree. Yeah, take a nap. If I'm in a blind, I'm I'll be right there. Just I'll start sawing logs right there. Oh know? yeah, but you got to do that sometimes. Just the only thing to keep well, you sane and not get sick. You know the weather's changing, winds. You know the temperature. It's just a disaster. It's the recipe for getting sick. You know because you're up early, up late, and it's crazy and I've, i oh. i feel like i've killed a few deer on like 
like, you know, I'm a working guy, so I take seven days for the rut. Dude, I am notorious for killing deer on that, like, seventh day of rutation. So, like, by taking, like, a, a 30 to even 60-minute power nap every day, like, does that allow me to keep grinding and hunting and, and hunting those harder-to-get-to spots because I'm a little bit fresher? I, I feel like it definitely does. And and you're not leaving a lot of ground sun if you just literally get off your last step and, and sit within five yards of your tree. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's a great idea. I might have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, I just want to point out that these, uh, these awake caffeinated chocolate bars, they're on Amazon. <laughs> they're, uh, We're getting all sorts of pro tips today, guys. Yeah. This they're, one's they're brought available to you by, in four uh, flavors. <laughs> four flavors. What are the flavors? Uh, uh, caramel, dark chocolate, milk chocolate, and peanut butter. And you can get them in a 12 pack count for 20 bucks or, uh, the 72 count pack for 110. Okay. This, okay. This, that's a bit pricey. My wife must've bought those and I didn't know about them. <laughs> hey, anything I can do to like not be dependent on monsters and pre-workout for three months straight. I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a, I'm, I really enjoy some pink lemonade mountain ops night. I'll pop one of those, like uh, just throw a scoop in my water, and it gives me a bolt of energy. And I don't know. And honestly, I just love the taste of it too. So that's 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 my deal. No, I've actually I've looked at that product a few times. Um, Justin, I don't know about you, but like I have a late relationship with like my my rut bag, if you will. When you go for the all day sits. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, my bag size, I need more because I got to bring my lunch and my water. And it's just, yep. like, dude, like heavier items. And obviously the rut gets colder, more gear. And I hate, oh, yeah. but, but I, I need those things. And so, yeah, like I have really looked at that, that some of the, the, the nutrition side of the oh, little water mixes, if you will. Yep. Yep. For sure. No, oh, they're worth it. That's, I, I, I don't know. I think I've gotten immune to the. <laughs> like the quick pick me ups like i i go straight to pre-workout now just for the sake of getting a little zing <laughs> it's pretty bad <laughs> well boys i we are coming up on an hour here um i wanted to try to keep it around an hour i know i got to get back to doing work <laughs> and try to get these shows done byron i'm sure you're probably you need some stuff to do and justin he's just kind of over there just i don't know what he's doing <laughs> Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Byron, I mean, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. And um, in, sh- in short notice, I mean, you and I just started talking two days ago about it, and I appreciate you doing this. Uh, for anybody that's looking to get into the Whitetail Experience, you know, YouTube and, and IG and social channels, can you kind of direct them where to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look us up. Uh, I, I guess our Instagram handle is uh, the Whitetail underscore experience uh, black orange logo there and then same thing on youtube um and then obviously some of the custom gear work that the the, the oh sizzles the teasers that that's me as well and, um whitetail addictions we're hoping to have out here in the, the mid-summer time frame so cool um anybody who's wanting to kind of see a self-filmer show and some 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 average shows killing some really good deer and uh, i think Oh, I think it'll go well this year, and and there'll be a little sizzle. Oh, there, I, I've I've cut up enough clips that people are messaging me that they're like, "Hey, we saw a tease the other day. Are you editing that?" Just I must have a little bit of my flair to it. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's cool, man. I can't wait to see that come out. I 
you know, I, I, I listened to the, the Crystal series the other day, and I think Cody, I think, said, or who did they have? And was it one of the other producers they had on not too long ago? So it's uh, the staff dir- director, uh, Justin. So, yeah, yeah yep. he's he's involved. Obviously, he gives the final, or him and Andre give the final okay to the episodes. Yep, and they I think they said, I could be way wrong, but like end of June maybe? Does that sound right when they're going to start rolling out? Yeah, yeah. I um. Yeah, I could see it in June or, or even maybe mid to early June. It's just, it just it kind of depends how much uh, I can get done. Uh, you know, do I stop turkey hunting to, to, right. to get some of this stuff <laughs> yeah. done? Yep. So. Well, very cool, man. We'll be looking forward to that. And let's stay in touch and, you know, maybe we can do this again. And, and uh, I really like the aspect of just talking about the – you know, the producing side of things is kind of a different change for us, and I think we need to do it more, and I, yeah. a lot of people enjoy that. So I appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah, and I would love to have you guys. We just started doing a podcast very low level, but, like, it's kind of in the wheelhouse. And, and Aaron, especially some of your uh, TSI work that you've done on a small parcel, like, yeah. that's something I'd love to dive into. And, and Justin, you, you, you're right in the wheelhouse in general from self-filming, public land, blah, 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 like, that's that's the kind of guys I'm looking forward to to talk with just because that conversation is, um, yeah, both those are, are I feel like the core of what follows us. Uh, so yeah, definitely have to yeah. return and have you guys on. Yeah, let us know. That'd I mean, awesome. anytime. Um, best. I mean, I love networking, and I know Justin does, and I mean it'll help out your podcast, help out our podcast, and I'm I'm big on that. So let's do that, man. All right, very good. Again, guys, thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.